So we're going to start a new uh, series uh, on the Holy Spirit. And uh, we, uh, last week we talked about the Holy Spirit as just really the empowering person behind our vision. Uh, but this, uh, we just really felt as we, we sort of went through that last week that actually we want to lean into that. And there's a sense that we want to um, just really speak uh, to um, the person of the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit is not a force. Just so we're clear, the Holy Spirit's a person who comes and dwells within us. It's God's very own presence. And so uh, lovely just to hear, just feedback after last Sunday, a number of people just really um, had a powerful encounter with God. And what was lovely is someone came up to me and said, oh, it's just really nice to, to just see the way God was ministering, but very gently. And often I think, certainly if you've grown up in Pentecostal background, you're used to the Holy Spirit that sort of only turns up in very hyped up you know, meetings. <laughs> But, you know, the reality is we don't hype him up. He comes down. And actually, often it's in that, in that gentle place that God just comes and fills us afresh with his spirit. Uh, and that's what he loves doing. He loves meeting with us. He loves, bring heal- he loves bringing healing to us. There's a lot of grief floating around at the moment. A lot of loss for people. And, uh, and he just loves coming and bringing comfort and bringing healing. Uh, this week we had a meeting with our home church leaders and Francois had a lovely, where I, I got paired up with him, we always finished up just praying and ministering to one another and I was so encouraged, I was like, oh yay, I got this man of God, uh, you know, so we prayed for each other and, um, and he just had this lovely word, you know, for me, but I think for us, of actually this picture of, you know, that, that picture of, um, I talked about it last week, about God puts his treasure in jars of clay, um, but actually, you know, I see this jar completely broken, you know, and the Holy Spirit's just been poured into it. And I was like, man, that's so right. That feels like us right now, a broken people. But I love that picture of the Holy Spirit getting poured into something broken because it just, got, it just spills out everywhere. And I'm like, that's actually what the Holy Spirit's all about. The Holy Spirit wants to fill every single one of you, not so that you can enjoy the Holy Spirit as much as that's beautiful, but actually so that you'll just be carrying the presence of God wherever he's got you. And ordinary people like can, can have it. It's just always been ordinary, normal people that are open. Fill me. And my prayer is that over uh, the next number of weeks that we'll, um, we'll have um, space for God to fill us. Because the reality is if you're full of yourself, there's no room for Jesus. It's actually, you know what's happening and all the pressure that we're going through is actually there's a lot of brokenness, which isn't a bad thing. It's a lot of humbling, which isn't a bad thing. There's a lot of realisation that actually being full of myself isn't that helpful. I want to be filled with him. I want to be filled with him. And so I pray that this morning and over the this, over this series that you'd have the humility, like Jim was talking about, to say, yeah, I need to be filled afresh. I need, I need him. I need him. So we're going to do a, a series on the Holy Spirit. We've got, um, I organised very quickly a number of guest speakers, which I'm very excited about. My mum's coming over. Oh, and I'm going to interview her because she said, don't, I don't want to talk, but you can interview me. And I don't want to tell this story, but a little bit. But she, she, was, a pen, she was a wild hippie. <laughs> And then she met Jesus and got saved into a little wild Pentecostal church in Wellington and then married an Anglican minister. And so she's had an interesting journey in terms of like, what does it look like to live out a life filled with the Holy Spirit wherever he gets you, wherever he puts you? Um, 
And, and as we do this series as well, we're not just wanting uh, moments of encounter, though I think the Holy Spirit indeed wants to encounter us after all we've gone through and what we're going through, that we'd learn a fresh reliance and dependence on the Holy Spirit. And we're going to give some opportunity at the end of the Sunday and every single Sunday. And we do this every Sunday regardless. The opportunity for you to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit, to encounter Him, to encounter the love of, that the Holy Spirit would reveal the love of God for you. But also we want to equip us uh, as a church, because the amazing thing is that Jesus himself was dependent on the Holy Spirit. So like, now Jesus uh, didn't sin, so you know, pretty good boy overall, you know, pretty impressive. I don't know about you, but I've sinned, you know, anyone else here? Yeah, okay. Uh, so there's some stuff, there's some other junk we've got to work through. The reality is that doesn't disqualify us from being used by God. Hallelujah. That's why I'm a pastor. The only reason I'm a pastor is because it turns out you don't have to be perfect to do this gig. Oh, there's no, no pastors in the world, uh, you know, or liars, either, either way, you know. Um, everyone, fill the Holy Spirit. But it's not, again, it's so that you'll be equipped for ministry. So that God would use you, ordinary and weak as you may be, to do great things for the kingdom of God. It's absolutely there for everyone. Jesus, uh, I've, I've thought about this a lot. Jesus got really, really excited about the fact that he was going to leave his disciples after he rose again and ascend to heaven. And then he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And in John 14 in particular, Jesus gets really excited, like he's, which, which we struggle to get our heads around. Like literally if I came up to you and said, you had the choice between standing before Jesus and having a bit of a chat or the Holy Spirit, which one would you pick? Most people like, oh, I'm definitely put, hanging out with Jesus and having a chat. Because we don't believe that Jesus was actually true when he said that it's better that you're filled with his presence. They got completely excited about this in John 14. Uh, and it's all throughout John 14, but a number of other times in his ministry. He says this, uh, verse 25, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Beautiful, again, the role of the Holy Spirit reminds us what Jesus said and what he's about. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, do not be afraid. He's always saying this whenever he starts engaging with his disciples around mission, about the fact he's going. Uh, Tyler Statton says it like this. He says, Jesus is saying that the gift of the Holy Spirit is a staggering improvement to our direct face-to-face conversation with God in the flesh. God's indwelling presence surpasses God in human form and it's not even close. Like I think for us, I'm hoping that this season for us as a church, there'll be this reawakening of the incredible tonga we have the treasure we have, that we have access to the Holy Spirit. Jesus in Luke 11, when he told a little story about a father who, you know, would give, you know, he's like, how much more, you know, he's like, even though you're evil, which he's using hyperbole there, but he's like, how much more does your father in heaven want to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Like Jesus just knew, oh man, my father desperately wants to give this gift to all his kids. And this has always been God's heart that we would carry his presence. If you go back to Genesis 2, uh, let's have a look at this. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, as Adam, and he slept. This is the first surgery uh, with some anaesthetic in there as well uh, for Adam. He took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Now, the interesting thing there is that the word rib is this word selah, uh, it's used 40 times uh, in the Bible, but it's never again used as rib, even though it's definitely the best word in context. But the word there 
uh, is normally used in the Bible to speak of a, the site of a sacred piece of architecture, normally the temple or the tabernacle. And the idea is this, that when you were created, you were created to house the presence of God from the very beginning. Like you were called to be a people that just carried His presence. And then obviously you've got the fall and you've got all that drama. And then as you move on, God's longing for His power and His presence to be with His people. And so uh, they build a tabernacle uh, and later a temple. And so in Exodus, uh, you'll, uh, you'll read this. Uh, then the cloud. So this is when they build the tabernacle, which is like a really fancy tent where God's presence dwelt. Uh, the glory of the God filled the tabernacle and Moses was not able to enter the tent of meaning because the cloud settled upon it. The glory of God filled the tabernacle. No one in Israel you know, had a problem with, is there a God, right? It was like, oh yeah, fire by, fire by night, cloud by day, oh yeah, and then there's the glory of God in that tent over there. That's so glory, so full on, like Moses can't even enter it. Get your head around that. And then like in two kings, they then build this temple to be this permanent place, this hot spot of God's presence. And then as they dedicate the temple, the, the, the priests come out of the holy place, the cloud fills the house of God, and they can't even stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the, of the Lord filled. The, I mean, this is hardcore. The, the priests would go into the Holy of Holies once a year on Yom Kippur with a rope tied around them because of how holy the environment that they were walking into was. And if there was any unconfessed sin or any blemish of whatsoever, boom, they're dead. They have to drag the guy out. And it's like, so what you've got here is the power of God. You've got the Spirit of God, but you don't have the intimacy that we get to experience now. So it's like he's there and he's limited geographically in some ways, but it's like, but man, he's there. And then, so then if you move forward to 1 John, it says this, And the Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. The Greek word there for, for came and dwelt among us, or lived among us, is this Greek word, eskonosin, which literally means tabernacle. So John is saying that Jesus came and tabernacled amongst us. So he was just filled with the presence of God. And he acted like he was a tabernacle. He acted like he was a temple. He went around doing things that only you could do at the temple. You could forgive sins and heal people and all that stuff. He would just go around doing that sort of stuff. Uh, and so Jesus was just filled with the presence of God. Uh, and at his baptism, uh, it's beautiful. It says, Now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus had also been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved with you. I am well pleased. Beautiful moment uh, for a whole bunch of reasons. Number one, Jesus got baptized. And why? He was just obedient. He knew that he should do it. If you haven't been baptized, it's just a step of obedience. You should do it. And then you'll be this beautiful picture. Jesus is baptized. And then he's just praying. So like, I don't know. I just, I'm trying to imagine what that looks like. He got baptized and then he's there just with his, just praying to his heavenly father. Like how humble. Can you just see it? And then the Holy Spirit just descends upon him. And a voice comes from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I'm well pleased. That's the Trinity in one verse. You've got the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all there. And, and, I, and this moment's profound because this again is one of the most beautiful aspects of the ministry of the Holy Spirit as he reveals the love of the Father for his sons and daughters. And for Jesus, he has done nothing. 
He hasn't, he hasn't done any ministry yet. He hasn't done the will of his Father. He hasn't preached about the kingdom. He hasn't healed anyone. He hasn't died. Nothing. Before he does anything, he hears the words, you're loved. It's not because of what you've done. It's just because I am love. And he just loves his kids. And this is, this is what... Like this is key to our walk with the Lord, is that we'd be overwhelmed with His love. It changes everything. Like He absolutely loves you. He loves you because He loves you because He loves you. You know, some, and actually more than that, He likes you. Like He really likes you. He actually enjoys you. You know, I think sometimes we get a little bit nebulous, it's a little bit disconnected with the love thing. It's like He likes you and He enjoys you. He just loves hanging out with you. You're like, yeah, but I'm really weird. I'm not in like, yeah, he made you that way. He loves it. <laughs> but quirky, yeah. He loves you. It changes absolutely. Often, tragically, in the church, we think that God loves, you know, he only uses the brightest and the best, you know, and we've got all these kind of weird celebrity culture in, in our church these days and in our society. Um, but when you read the Bible, <laughs> it's just like, you, it'll just change your paradigm completely. Have you seen the Muppets he uses? It seems to be like the one qualifying thing is that you know you're a bit of a Muppet. And if you know you're a bit of a Muppet, you know, and it's like you don't think you're all that in a bag of chips, and it's like he actually loves you because, again, you're not full of yourself. You're open to be filled with him. And he just loves people that are a bit broken. He loves people that are a bit messed up. Before we found him, he found us. And he revealed, like the church is built on the revelation that God, that Jesus is the Christ. It's built on revelation. And so like my prayer over the series, above everything else, is that you would have a fresh revelation of how loved you are. Like a, like a, no, like a deep knowing. I, I, um, oh, let's keep moving. So Jesus gets baptised, then he gets, and then filled with the Holy Spirit. He was led in Luke 4 by the Spirit into the wilderness. So Jesus begins his ministry by being obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and he's led into the desert to pray and fast. And again, we love the idea and often we have in our psyche that we meet the Holy Spirit in the meeting. And absolutely we do. Absolutely we do. There's something about gathering together and, I, and me preaching up my little best on terms of the Holy Spirit, and then like, and it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit brings revelation and the stirring in your heart, and you're like, I actually am really hungry, I need more of this. And then you open your heart a little bit and you close your eyes and you open it, and bang, Holy Spirit. That's awesome. I love it. We need to be in these environments. But guess what? The Holy Spirit isn't just limited to these places to be filled afresh. Jesus encountered and was filled with the power of God in the desert place, in the lonely place, in the place of solitude, in the place of barrenness, in that place of like, where are you, God? That's where Jesus was so filled with the Holy Spirit that at the end of his time, he could do battle with the devil, not because he was weak, actually because of the prayer and fasting, he was the strongest he'd ever been. Filled with the, and then it says at the end of that in verse 14, then Jesus left the wilderness filled with the power of the Spirit and he returned to Galilee and he starts ministering. So like, here's my, my big idea, guys. Point one of, of a buffet of points. We'll see how many I can get through in eight minutes. Um, is that, guys, I want us praying this radical prayer Every day in your devotional times, come Holy Spirit, fill me and wait. Come Holy Spirit, just fill me. Because yes, it's in the meeting and I want to give space for us to encounter God every Sunday. 
But you know what changes the world isn't people that go from Sunday to Sunday, conference to conference. It's people that go day by day. Fill me, Holy Spirit. So you go into your day filled with His presence because you're always meant to carry His presence. You're always meant to carry His Spirit. And, uh, and so, you know, I told the story last week. What set us off on this whole thing was on Thursday night, I got filled with the Holy Spirit in my lounge two weeks ago. <laughs> you know, what, the reason I'm here this morning is that I got up crack of dawn this morning, sat in my office and said, come Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I'm going to do the same tomorrow. And I'm going to do the same the next day. And my dream is that that prayer becomes more and more just a prayer I pray on the daily so that I carry His presence more and more. And so that the things of the prophetic and, the, and, the, and, the, and words of faith and healing and all that stuff, it's like I'm just carrying the presence of God. And whenever the presence of God is, the kingdom is breaking in. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. Oh, I've got to skip there. Skip. So... John 20, uh, so I mentioned this last week, Jesus then breathes on his disciples and, and, and he's given this big speech about how epic it is that the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out. And, uh, and that happens in John 20. In Acts 2, the Spirit is poured out not just on the disciples like in that room in John 20, but on all the people, just filled with the Holy It just begins spilling out and going everywhere. And again, this is the beauty of the Holy Spirit, is that the Holy Spirit is actually given to equip us for ministry, for the works of Jesus. And friends, I know that many of us are feeling weak and broken and tired, and absolutely that's normal right now. Like one of my friends used the metaphor of like, it's like when you go fishing, even if you love fishing, you come back tired because your brain's been working overtime trying to just make sure you've got the horizon, that you're kind of working out where your bearings are. Your brain. We're like that in our culture right now. Everything's spinning around, and we're working overtime trying to work out where the heck the horizon is, right? So everyone's weary right now. But guess what? You don't have to be strong to be used by God. His power is made perfect in weakness. And so this is the time for us as a church to say, fill us afresh with your spirit, and now begin to use me, God. Give me that courageous power power that in a moment of opportunity in my work, I can actually mention the fact I'm a Christian and I go to church and I found hope in Jesus or whatever it may be that you'll actually just begin to just, and it's not because you're, you're all frothed up from a book or so, it's like you're just carrying his presence. You're carrying his presence with you. And so then as the, the trajectory of the scriptures move forward, the, the uh, apostles get very excited about the implications of, the, of this for the church. In 1 Corinthians th- uh, chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Now the Greek there and the you is, uh, is plural, so we don't have that, uh, and we've got issues in the Western church because we've got such an individualistic faith, and actually it's community. So this is like, don't know, like the Americans got y'all, you know how you got, you know, I've got the y'all, so that's a y'all. <laughs> don't know, don't you know that y'all, y'all are the God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Y'all are, you, all of us, us. We are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in us. Now, if you just stop and meditate on that bad boy all week, that's going to blow your little peanut brain to pieces. It's going to blow the you. Like if you work, if you start getting a revelation of the temple and the tabernacle, and you read those texts of God's power and glory, and now what Paul is saying is that this messy bunch of people, we are together, the living stones that are a temple that carry the presence and power of God. That's insane. 
1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 goes on a little bit later. Do you not know that your bodies, now this is now to the personal, are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? Now this is a powerful scripture. This will set you free from addiction. This will set you free from so many issues. If you just go, you know what? I am, my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. The most pure, holy, beautiful presence that has ever existed and ever will has chosen to make his home in this. That means this is a holy place. Now, I've struggled with all sorts of issues in my life. I've looked at a few naughty things in my 20s and gotten a bit of a pickle there and all sorts of stuff. So trust me, I'm not up here preaching like I've got it all sorted. I've got plenty of stuff. But here's what's healed me and continues to heal me. It's not gritting my teeth and trying to sort my S out, as <laughs> my stuff out, uh, it's, uh, just to be clear. Uh, it's, you know what it is? It's, it's not about goodness, it's about closeness. And so if you keep choosing, like Jim was saying, you keep choosing Jesus, you let your sin propel you towards God, not away from Him, He'll continue to fill you with His holy presence and all of the appeal from that broken stuff that you're looking for, will it'll lose its appeal because of the beautiful and how good God is. Does it happen overnight? No, but it will happen, according to Rachel Hunter, the prophet. Again, it's in there most Sundays. It's like, it won't happen overnight, but if you consistently say, come Holy Spirit and fill me, it will transform you from glory to glory. He, because the, the staggering thing is, it's a gift of grace. It's a gift of grace and mercy. It's never been about how good we are. It's always about how kind He is and how lovely He is. And He loves, He's a good Father that loves giving you this gift. He loves it. He longs to give it to you. And all you have to do is say, yes, Lord, fill me afresh with your holy presence. And He gives it to you. And do you know how overwhelming that is when you're in a real mess? It's insane. It's like, oh my, this isn't this is the this is the gospel in a nutshell. At the heart of the gospel, it's grace. And it's his love for us. And that's what transforms us. That's what leads. We're loved into holiness, not condemned into holiness. We're loved into holiness. And so just in your vulnerability and brokenness, keep saying yes to Jesus, and he will transform you. He will transform you. And John 14, uh, Oh, let me, okay, let's come into land with this. And I just want to give us an opportunity to pray for each other. All along, the heart of God is that you'd be filled with his presence. In creation, that was his, that was his, his heart. And after the fall, God just came and dwelt amongst his people in the tabernacle and later the temple. And then God himself comes and just dwells among us. And then Jesus says, it's good that I go because you get something both of power and of intimacy available to you, where you have the person of the Holy Spirit that comes and resides in you. And the church is a community of people bound together by God's Spirit. And every time we gather, whether that's at the nine o'clock, the 11 o'clock, the prayer meeting, the home churches, God is here in our midst. And God's Spirit has been given to us as a community and to you. And to, it's available to you. John 14 I come into land with this. It says this, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Again, Jesus is just 
absolutely frothed about the gift that's about to be given to the church. Now scholars are like, what does it mean, the greater things? And they all have big you know, debates. And personally, I'm like, you can't really get much greater than raising someone from the dead, which Jesus did. So I think the greater things are about actually the amount of stuff going on rather than just Jesus. There's lots of mini little Jesuses all around the world right now filled with his Holy Spirit. And there's a movement of love going on and people are learning to live a life of love and to walk into the power of the Holy Spirit. That's, a gr- that's great. It's unreal. But here's the thing, we get hung up on the greater things. This is the bit we miss. I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works. Whoever. Like it's like whoever. It's not like you've got to reach a certain threshold of being a super Christian or something or like done a... So whoever, like you're a whoever, whoever. Whoever wants it, believes in him, you'll just receive the gift of the Spirit and you can, you can walk and move in the power and the life of God in a whole, in a beautiful way in your workplaces, in your families, wherever you may be. And that's what God wants to do afresh in our midst, is He wants to fill us with His Spirit. And He wants to um, heal us, heal the brokenhearted. And He wants to minister in His love for us. I wish, um, this is a work of God's Spirit, but actually I do believe that one of the, the main things God wants to do in this time is reveal His love for us afresh. Not just in the meeting, but every day. That would have a fresh like revelation, I'm so loved. And I, I land land with this. Um, one of the most powerful encounters I've ever had in my life of the love of God was not in a meeting, it was in a monastery. Like Jesus went out to the wilderness and that. And so 20 years ago, as part of my Bible college uh, study, I had to go to a monastery for a week, a silent retreat. And that was pre-cell phone era as well, so I was like, oh boy, you know. Um, and it took me a couple of days for my mind to settle. Most of us have squirrel brains running at a million miles an hour, and we actually have forgotten the art of just being very still. It took me a couple of days. And then after a couple of days, I just started experiencing the love of God for me in a very tangible way, a very powerful way. It was like liquid love. Literally, it was like liquid around me. And then, like, and then I would wake up for another day of my... I had five days of this. By day two, it started to hit me, and then it just built. <laughs> And like, I was just wandering around, just like, like tingling all over, just felt like liquid love all around me. And it was, it was insane. And I was sitting in my little monk cell, looking at this little glass of water that I had there, and I felt God speak to me as clearly as He's ever spoken. It wasn't an audible voice, but it was clear. He said, Sam, what you're experiencing of, your, of my love for you right now is like the water in that glass, and it's overwhelming for you. But he said, look out the window. And I looked out the window, and you could see the sea. <laughs> And it was like, that's what my love is like for you. And it was like, I was just looking at this little class, looking at the, and it was like, I can't get my head around that love. I can't get my head around it. Paul said that, I pray that you would know his love that surpasses knowledge. That you would know a love that's actually unknowable. That's a paradox, that's a contradiction. How high and why, he's just trying to describe the love of God for you. And that's the number one thing God wants to do for us. It heals us. Heals us of all sorts of brokenness. And it's real, but it's a work of the Spirit. It's a work of the Spirit. Let's stand together and invite the Holy Spirit to come.